No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, getting a well-deserved night off believe he's snuggling in bed watching replays of mad about you if i'm not mistaken there mr ginsburg a very underrated show by the way i felt like (laughs) like mad about you and seinfeld were on right around the same time like they were all part of of must see tv uh must see tv right what was that fridays or mondays i have no no no. idea that was 20 years ago fridays on abc must see tv was thursdays on nbc mad about you friends fraser seinfeld uh, Shout yeah. out to Kelsey Grammer. I yeah. always felt like Mad About You never got enough. Like, it was an underrated show. Like, Paul Reiser was was funny, but I always felt like that show was, like, always in the shadow of Seinfeld. But I guess, yeah. you know, when, when we're doing a, uh, a sitcom podcast, Drew, maybe we can explore that in, in further <laughs> detail. But just wanted to throw that in there. I, I also enjoyed Helen Hunt. She was good in that series. Oh, there you go. I'm sure Helen Hunt appreciates the compliment. Uh, but, yes, Mad About You, an underrated uh, series in the eyes of both Ezzy and myself. Uh, I think watching replays of uh, repeats of Mad About You would be maybe a better use of your time rather than watching uh, tonight's Jets-Montreal Canadiens game, at least certainly from the perspective of Winnipeg Jets fans, as this was one of the ugliest games, Ezzy, of the season. Uh, certainly up there with some of the ugliness uh, that we saw around Christmas, that game against the Minnesota Wild. I, I, but I think it's almost uh, the, the game that that came to mind is that home loss against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Because when you lose to, you know, the Minnesota Wild, well, the Wild are a pretty good hockey team. You know, that sort of happens. When you lose to the Washington Capitals, uh, like the Jets did, you know, right before Christmas. The or Wild won again tonight, by the way, Drew. I'm yeah. not sure if, you, sure if you saw that or the people watching saw that, but the Wild are now five points back of the Jets, mm-hmm. and they have two games in hand. So, obviously, you know, the Jets still have a, a decent cushion, but when you're playing a Habs team that, you know, you're much better than, and well, we'll get that, into the – I mean, this is a Habs what I'm saying. Team. In terms of playing down to your opponent – this was probably the the most the Jets have played down to the opponent. They were they were outclassed by Montreal. I mean, they, you know, it wasn't that you know the Jets got goalied by any stretch of the imagination or anything like that. Montreal was far and away the better of the two teams tonight, and so it was reminiscent to me of the performance against the Columbus Blue Jackets on home ice, a team that you are ostensibly better than, at least according to the standings uh, this year. The Blue Jackets are are way down there as well, not too you know similar to the Montreal Canadiens. And the, Jets... the Bedard sweepstakes, there's no yeah, doubt about that. Exactly in the Bedard sweepstakes, but this Montreal. Canadians team uh this is uh, you know it just certainly was 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 just far better far more connected far more uh into the game than the Winnipeg Jets and they are playing as you and I were discussing pre before the show they're playing without six regulars in their lineup so the Winnipeg Jets who are you know by you know more or less healthy you know you know for the most part uh, playing against a weaker opponent in the Montreal Canadiens, who are currently uh, tied for 25th overall in the NHL with the Ottawa Senators. They're not going anywhere fast. They have a litany of injuries. And the Habs just you know, wanted the game more than the Winnipeg Jets. From start to finish, they were the better of the two teams. The Jets certainly just looked... Uh, it, it, you know what it was reminiscent of? It was reminiscent of the Jets of last year. 
just disconnected, no flow to their game. Everybody sort of playing a one man game. There was no uh, there was no team aspect to the game. Uh, just a, a really poor performance by the Winnipeg Jets to start the five game road trip. Uh, you know, a road trip that'll take them to Toronto on Thursday and then Ottawa, Philadelphia and Nashville to wrap it all up. But it does not start on, on the right note with tonight's defeat in Montreal, as no, and it, and it obviously the Jets don't like playing on Tuesday night, right? Because you mentioned that game against the Wild. That was at home, of course. That was on a Tuesday night. I was in Mexico, so I, I couldn't join you boys. And you were in Kentucky, so obviously you're able to, uh, you know, do the show remotely. I just wasn't yes. did, wasn't able to. But you guys knew I wasn't well, going mean, to jump. On you the could show. have done it, but then your wife would have literally murdered you on the air, which, albeit, would have provided some entertainment value but you know we would miss you we would miss you if you were you know, i missed you, you guys know. i was let's be honest i was knee deep in jose cuervo drew that's but, true you know you mentioned the wild game tuesday night well when was the red wings game exactly a week ago on a <laughs> tuesday night right like so this is like the third bad tuesday yeah. night performance and there were i think there were that keeps throwing me off drew because i feel like you're drinking wine right now but it's obviously not wine oh you are i'm drinking a bottle of wine oh okay yeah all right Continue. Thank you. I'm going to keep the amount of alcohol that I've put in my system since my uh, you know early twenties, Drew. I can't criticize you having a little wine. It's no game. I'm saving a glass. The dishwasher's a little bit on the fritz. We're getting it looked after, so I thought I'd save a glass. I got to finish the bottle tonight before it goes bad. So I thought I would just drink it out, drink it right out of the bottle. I had to watch that hockey game. Have you seen? Did you did you watch that hockey game? You're lucky. I'm not. You did. You did need alcohol. I I was actually thinking about uh, drinking some of that fireball that our good friends at Seagram (laughs) sent us. But look at. I mean. The Jets have given up 11 goals in those two games. I believe there no, there was an empty netter against the Red Wings. So 10 goals still in those two losses to the Red Wings and the Habs. And those are both teams that are obviously not in a playoff spot and aren't expected to make a push into the playoffs. Right. And we were texting throughout the whole game like we often do, right? And mm-hmm. you know, we were saying, like, this Habs team, you know, actually looks pretty good. Like, Kirby Doc, it's, it's crazy to believe that he's only 21 years old because we've been talking about him for, for probably four years now. But Kirby Doc is having a breakout season. We know that Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, that's the future of the team, along with 2022 first overall pick Slavkovsky, who's not in the lineup. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Habs had six players on IR, and I, I made a note of it here. And I'm not I'm not going to obviously, you know, pay a lot of attention to Carey Price because he hasn't been expected to play. But right. Paul Byron, Brendan Gallagher, Sean Monaghan, Caden Gooley, Jake Evans, like those are all regular players in the lineup. And if and if you had you know Raphael Harvey Pinard playing his first NHL game tonight <laughs> on your bingo card, then obviously you know you win bingo tonight. But yeah, you know there was there there were a few players out there that you're kind of saying like who is this guy, right? And but like you said, give the Habs credit, right? Like Evgeny Dadanov, I'm not joking, and and you'll back me up here, Drew. I forgot Dadanov was on the Habs. Like yeah. you know I, I think the Golden Knights still think Dadanov's on their team, but I mean look at. Nobody really expected Dadnov to come close to scoring a hat trick tonight. But well, give the Cavs credit. He, he, they they had, played well. He's, he's had two goals all year entering tonight. He doubled his goal total tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. Look, this was just uh, all sorts of ugliness from the from the Jets' perspective. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say it's a harbinger of, of something worse that's on the horizon or anything like that. But there have been opportunities and games as of late where the Jets just haven't necessarily looked like themselves. And I would chalk this one up to so one of is Diet Coke, games. by the way, Drew. It's not Coors Light. Is it Diet Caffeine Free? Is that, is that, did I yeah, see that? I love or? the gold cans. That's what really? Naomi and I buy. I love don't, the gold you don't see those very often anymore. Yeah. We're basically Altacockers. We're, we're I was going to say, I, I, yeah. I don't think I've seen those since my grandparents passed away. Uh, you know, but uh, it's nice to see. I will debate anybody that this is, I mean, I like the silver cans too, 
I'm not a you fan like of Diet Coke. Diet Coke. I'm, we're a Diet Coke. The Ginsburgs are a Diet Coke family. Nothing against Pepsi. I have absolutely nothing. I'll drink Pepsi too. Um, but love Diet Coke, but specifically the gold cans. Yeah, the diet that's the diet caffeine free Coke. Yeah, they're obviously not any healthier than the silver cans. We no, just like no, the taste. No. That's okay. You're more than entitled to like the taste of that. I mean, we all have our have a sip we of all, that wine, Drew. I'm gonna. We all have our predilections. Yours is diet caffeine free Diet Coke, and uh, mine happens to be an entire bottle of red wine. No judgment. Uh, Don't for, forget uh, about the Xanax, Drew. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Get that nice cocktail mixed up there. Uh, but look, the, the, this is a game that the Winnipeg Jets, you know, I don't know if they took their opponent too lightly. That hasn't been their MO this year. You know, sometimes you just have an off night. Uh, and I'm more likely to think it was that as opposed to arrogance in, in taking your opponent lightly. Because the Montreal Canadiens, who aren't very good, but by and large, they play hard. They play hard for Martin St. Louis. Yep. You know, they're lacking in talent, but what they make up for in talent, they often uh, they often put out in uh, in effort. And sometimes that effort isn't good enough. And sometimes that effort doesn't overcome the lack of talent. But on a night like tonight where Montreal is is giving more of an effort and is the faster of the two teams and the Jets look as. Uh, just poor as they did. It's no disjointed, wonder Montreal... disjointed. Like you're yeah. absolutely right. And the, the craziest thing is, this is a scoreless game after one. Kyle Connor scores a beautiful goal, right? His 200th yeah. career goal. So most people watching this game thought, okay, you know, Jets are up one nothing. Connor just scored a nice goal, and then Connor follows that up by by having a nice kind of he goes from left to right, kind of through the slot area and hits the post. Mm-hmm. So Connor almost makes this game two nothing, right? And, and then a- I don't think the Habs come back from that. So I agree with you, Drew. Like, they had the lead. This is a team that is missing, as we talked about, Brendan Gallagher, Sean mm-hmm. Monaghan, you know, Slavkovsky, who obviously, I mean, you can make a strong argument that he probably shouldn't be in the NHL this year. Right. But, I mean, that's a debate that I haven't watched him play enough, so I don't know if, you know, what's best for Uri Slavkovsky. But the point is, there yeah. wasn't a ton of skill on this Habs team. Like, all due respect to Ev- guys like Evgeny Dadanov and, you know, Josh Anderson, and, you know, we talked about Raphael harvey Pinard. Like, this just, this Habs team, I mean, they're exactly where I think, you know, most people thought they were going to be. Yeah. I don't think think anybody thought, you know, the Habs were going to be in a wild card spot at this point in the season. Marty St. Louis knows that. The Habs know that. This is a, this is a development year. And, and, you know, you look at the draft, and they're obviously going to be possibly in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. They also have Florida's first round pick. Let's not forget about that, right? Mm-hmm. So the Habs could have, in theory, could have two top 10 picks. And they're they're already adding to their stable of guys like Slavkovsky and Caden Gooley and et cetera, et cetera, right? So, I mean, this Habs team, I think, is going to be able to turn it around pretty quickly. But you're absolutely right, Drew. Like, the Jets just, they, they looked sloppy at times. They were turning the puck over. Uh, they didn't have a lot of sustained offensive zone pressure no. until the third period. Right? When, like when, the, cut... when the game was already out of hand at that point. Exactly. So the push came when the score was 4-1 after Josh Anderson made it 4-1. Right. And even if you're the Montreal Canadiens, and especially the way Montembeau was playing well tonight. Yeah. And Montembeau, I was checking, he actually has a 9-10 save percentage. That's not bad for a guy who has been a career backup. Like, nobody's expecting Montembeau to be the future of the Habs crease, right? But give him credit. Mm-hmm. You know, he made a nice save on, on Cole Perfetti on the two-on-one. Yeah. Uh, Perfetti found Pionk. I thought Perfetti was one of the Jets' best players. Obviously, Kyle Connor, you know, had a pretty strong game. I thought Nick Ehlers was really fighting it tonight. We'll talk about the, you know, he blew a tire on, I believe that was the second Evgeny Dadanov goal, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, he just didn't have a very good game. And really, with the exception of three or four players, I mean, this just wasn't a, a good effort. And when you couple that with, 
you know, the Coyotes game, which I'll admit, I didn't watch a lot of that Coyotes game, but, you know, I I caught a bit of the post-game show. Obviously, the Jets, you know, that wasn't their A effort at home on Sunday. And then you look at the Detroit game, which wasn't very good. So three of their last five games have not been that great. Yeah, I would say you talk about the Coyotes game. I would say that, you know, probably for the the Jets have been outplayed for the last four and a half periods of hockey that they've played because I thought Arizona was the better of the two teams in the back half of the game on Sunday. And certainly Montreal was the better of the two teams tonight. So, look, I I don't think that this is, you know, cause for panic. You know, the Jets weren't going to win, uh, you know, their final uh, 36 straight games or 37 straight games to end the year. That wasn't going to happen. They were were going to have defeats. Obviously, you don't want a defeat against a weaker opponent or it's a little bit more concerning. But it was inevitably going to happen. And, And tonight it did. And you hope that the Jets from their perspective, channel what they saw tonight. They know that, you know, they're not tuning in here and finding out that they played poorly. They very well know that they played poorly. Uh, you hope that they, you know, that they channel that and and refocus and 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 bring a better game on Thursday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they're going to have game. to. They're gonna, well, you they're, have to. Otherwise you're going to have to. Yeah. The, the Leafs are a contender in the East, and I know people are going to laugh at that. Well, but look, they, they, just beat, they just they beat were, Florida 5-4 in overtime. They were down 4-1. They, you know, exactly. they came all the way back. They, you know, they were they were getting. Uh, you know, Florida had an early lead in that game, uh, and the Leafs pulled Matt Murray, and Ilya Samsonov came in the game, and then the 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 Leafs scored four unanswered goals. He made an incredible pad save. I'm not sure who that was on. I just saw it on Twitter. He made just a save that you know, basically a Hellebuckian type of save where he, you know he's down and out and makes this nice pad save, but. Uh, yeah, like this, this this Leafs team. I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of similarities actually between the Leafs and and the Bruins. I think you know that could be a first round matchup, but and I think the Bruins are deeper. But the Leafs are absolutely going to pose a really strong challenge. And the Jets, yeah. you know, have had some success, you know, over the years in Toronto. There's obviously going to be a lot of Jets fans in attendance at uh, Scotiabank Air Canada Financial Center, whatever they're calling it these days. But um, this tonight was absolutely a game you have to flush. Like we, we've been doing post-game shows now, for, well, going back to TSN 1290, we've been doing them for 12 years, but the last couple of years here on this new format, and, you know, sometimes you just have to say that that game was so uncharacteristic, Drew, for the Jets. Uh, and I know people are going to say that the Jets were out partying and all that nonsense, but uh, I mean, you know, unless you know that, don't speculate wildly. It's inconsiderate. It's rude. Uh, and, and, you know, and it's just not appropriate. So I don't have time for that unless you know for fact that that was happening. And by the way, they're, they're adults and they're, they're entitled to do what they want. So don't, don't, don't start with that folks. Well, you, don't can start also, with you can also, you can also party Indiana. in almost any NHL city. Oh, no, you, you can, can party it. You can party in Detroit. You can party, yeah. you know, in Vancouver. There's, don't there's a lot of, there's a lot of nice cities, NHL cities. Right. So yeah. that was the joke, but I mean, regardless, I mean, they just didn't look anything similar you know, to the team that has been so successful over the last few weeks. And, the, you know, the, the thing that stood out to me is Connor Hellebuck's not at fault on any of these goals. No. Not right? Like, he's just absolutely hung out to dry well, I um, a lot of these it, but... goals, right? And Vili Hainola, I thought, really struggled out there. I'm sure you, you'll, you'll want to get into that. Yeah. But, you know, we... Hainola had a rough game, and I was really excited for him to get back into the lineup, you know, in Montreal to kick off a five-game road trip. Um, but he was he looked lost out there, Drew. 
he did. He did not have a good game. Why don't we get into it, Ezzy? It's the Betway Game Recap brought to you by our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Um, you know, no score in the first period, but it was a first period that by and large was controlled by the Montreal Canadiens as a, the, the best part of the first period. And you could, some could say the best part of the Winnipeg Jets game in its entirety was the penalty kill. The penalty kill was very effective. Montreal with w- only one shot on goal in their uh, three power play opportunities that they had in the course of the game. Now the Habs don't have a good power play as Dan Robertson alluded to on the broadcast. They haven't had a good power play in many a moon, but the Jets nonetheless did their job, particularly in that first period where both Dubois and Kuhlman uh, took, uh, took penalties, uh, keeping the Habs off the board, keeping it at zero zero after 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. It it wasn't a good period. They had a little bit of a push there, in the, in the later stages of the period, but mm-hmm. Pierre-Luc Dubois had a good chance. That's the only one that I can really remember. It was a point-blank chance, and as you mentioned, mm-hmm. the penalty kill was was really good. Like, Adam Lowry stands out, like, just making himself, you know, big, even though he doesn't make have to make himself look big. He was really good out there. I thought Saku Manalainen was really good. I thought you were going to say the best part of the first period was when they kept showing Morgan Barron and Justin Barron's parents, and the mom was wearing the Jets hat, and the dad was wearing the Habs hat, and I was thinking when the Habs were up, they were going to switch, kind of do the rally cap <laughs> thing. I'm sure I wasn't the only one there, but I mean, you, you got to love seeing that, right? Like, you, you have to love, you know, seeing parents, and not only do you have one kid playing, you have two kids playing, so that was pretty special. Um, but yeah, they're just, I mean, at one point, I think the shots were 8-2, 9-2, something like that. There just wasn't a lot of sustained pressure. And then you couple that with, you know, the fact that the Jets had to kill a couple penalties. They just never really, I thought, found their legs or found their game yeah. at all in the first period. But as we'll get into uh, with Kyle Connor's 200th career goal, it looked like, okay, that's what you want to do. Like, that's for sure what they were talking about, right? Score a goal on the power play, follow that up with another goal, which they almost did. Connor hit the post. But after that, uh, you know, the Jets kind of just, you, you, there was that sag in their game mm-hmm. and you got the feeling that the Habs were were going to tie this game up because they started to apply some pressure and the Jets were just sloppy. They were turning the puck over. Um, but certainly that first period was, you know, I, again, I'm not surprised because we've talked about it all year long, Drew. The Jets have had so many games where they've had bad first periods mm-hmm. and this game was no different. No, exactly right. Slow starts have been an MO of this team. Slow starts that get better as the game went on. And, and you know, but and slow starts that by and large haven't bit the Jets in the behind. They've started slow and they haven't necessarily trailed in games. It's taken them in some games five, eight, ten minutes to get into the flow of things, but they haven't necessarily been trailing once they finally do get into the flow of things. And they didn't again tonight. Uh, you know, it, 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 you know, it's not like they were down. They were, in fact, in the head, one nothing. And it comes on the power play. It comes a minute 24 into the uh, second period. The Jets started the second period with that two-minute man advantage. And they absolutely... By the way, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Drew. 
that's very rare that you have mm-hmm. that much time at the end of the first period with a delayed penalty. Like, I don't know exactly what it was. It felt like it was close to a minute. It was certainly, I mean, it was more than 30 seconds, I think, but they, cause they were able to transition the puck all the way up the, up the ice. And then they controlled it in the half zone and got off a couple of opportunities to score, to, uh, to eliminate the, the power play opportunity. They didn't, of course, it went into, but they did kill the entire, uh, you know, remainder of the first period, allowing them to start the second period with that full two minute man advantage and that man advantage to start the second period looked absolutely dominant. They had the puck on a string and that, and they were just controlling the entire play. And ultimately it ends with Kyle Connor getting his 22nd of the season and his 200th career NHL goal. Congratulations to him. That's his 200th uh, career goal in game number 429. So it's a great accomplishment for him. Assist to Morrissey and Ehlers. And it's just the Jets power play operating at its absolute peak here as he, in that Morrissey finds uh, Kyle Connor and, and Connor just absolutely rifles it past Samuel Montembeau. Yeah, it was it was almost a, a perfect perfect pass, perfect shot, right? Mm-hmm. Like Montembeau, I, I think if you you know replayed that or you know you attempted that you know ten times, the Jets are probably scoring nine out of those ten times. So you're absolutely right. I mean, the Jets' first power play unit was dominant, and I liked how you know Morrissey was kind of playing catch with Ehlers and Connor because we know that Ehlers has a pretty good shot. No, not a pretty good shot. Yeah. He has a really good shot. <laughs> and also does Morrissey, right? So like, yeah. that, and that's Pick what's different. It's v- very different. And maybe, you know, on the Saturday morning show, when we have so- some time, we'll break down kind of why the, the power play is so dangerous, in addition to the Jets having so much skill. But what I think it is, is that, like it's like pick your poison in terms of who you really want to defend that what shot you want to defend right because right there i mean ehlers you have to worry about ehlers you have to worry about morrissey you have to worry about connor so i really like how the jets kind of use that to their advantage and yeah it was just a you know we've seen that how many times this year where morrissey just tees it up for connor and montebo has has, doesn't have a chance with the type of shot connor has he certainly didn't have a chance there and it was one nothing for the winnipeg jets and then they got very close to making it two nothing as you alluded to and you wonder if they score that two nothing goal how does the tenor of the game change kyle connor on the on a shift shortly thereafter after he scored to make a one nothing he hits the post and that's almost where the beginning of the end was for the Winnipeg. And Jets he beat Montembeau clean. Like Montembeau, oh, yeah. Montembeau wasn't like, he didn't react to that. Like that puck, <laughs> no. if, if that puck is an, an inch to the left, it's a, that's, that's it. Yeah. No question about it. I guess but, anytime you hit a post, you could say that. But yeah, but the, it was a great shot, and he just happened to catch the post. Uh, but that's almost the beginning of the end for the Winnipeg Jets in, in tonight's game. Uh, you know, after that, it was, you know, not that it, not that they'd been in control, you know, to that point, because they certainly hadn't been. Montreal had been the better of the two teams. But after Kyle Connor hits the post, the Jets really don't have much fight. And Montreal begins to take the game to them. They make it one nothing. Pardon me, 1-1. Uh, it's Evgeny Dadanov, as you spoke about, or I guess he's now changed his pronunciation to what, what was what was the pronunciation that Dan Robertson was using? Um, Donov. I mean, was whatever. Gino? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think some people called him Dadanov, and then at some point when he was in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, or Vegas, they started calling him Dadonov. Similar kind of the Dominic Toninato is now yeah. Toninato, right? Well, so yeah, yeah, I guess you got to call him what he wants to be called, right? Exactly. We'll call. I'm going to call him Dadanov because he said it was really up to whomever was talking. It's what Dan Robertson said on the broadcast. So uh, Dadanov gets his third assist to Justin Barron and, and Christian Dvorak. Uh, this was just a comedy of errors in the Winnipeg Jets zone, and this was not a good game for Vili Hainala. And uh, we certainly saw it. And you'll he won't like the replay of this one. It's a terrible giveaway. He just sort of panics. 
Uh, I don't know if it's just a lack of poise of a young player, just maybe thinking he didn't have as much time as he did, but it's really, the puck is on a stick. It's a great opportunity to clear the zone at the very least, if not, you know, exit the zone cleanly. Uh, he does neither of the two. It's just a terrible giveaway. And ultimately, after a bit of a Keystone Cops routine by the Winnipeg Jets, Justin Barron with a great seam pass to Dadanov, who makes it uh, one all Dadanov's third of the year, as he. Yeah, as you mentioned, Drew, like, you know, 10, 15 seconds before Hamel has the opportunity to clear and, you know, gives it away to Dadanov. Hellebuck actually makes a really nice save. He made a number um, of great saves before the goal went in. Yeah, Right, and I thought Hellebuck was solid tonight. I mean, in a 4-1 loss, it's tough to say that he was solid. Um, but then the Jets were just kind of running around, right? Like, Hamel is out of position. Brendan Dillon's out of position. Saku Manaline and, you know, just he doesn't cover Dadanov well when, as you mentioned, Barron gives him the, the pass to the left of, of Hellebuck. So, I mean, it just starts with a bad turnover and then the Jets can't clear and they're kind of running around scrambling. And, you know, that's an issue. And that's something that's been uncharacteristic about this Jets team over the last four or five games. Like we talked about it, the Detroit game uh, was arguably their worst defensive game of the season. And this game wasn't much better. Like the Habs could have had five or six goals in this game easy. If it wasn't for Connor Hellebuck, you're right. I and mean, and that's, that's an issue when you're playing a Habs team that, you know, we talked about it again. They're missing a bunch of key players like Gallagher and, and Monaghan, and we know the name Slavkovsky wasn't in there. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, what this was, if this was just, you know, the Jets having a, a one-off bad game. Um, but yeah, certainly, you know, look at Vili Hainala is a guy, I think he's had, uh, you know, it's been a tough year for him uh, in the sense that, you know, he's been recalled, then sent back to the Moose, then recalled, then back to the Moose, right? Mm-hmm. So he's playing and then he's not playing. He's playing for the Moose and then he's a healthy scratch. I, but I, I think that, you know, I don't think anybody watching this game thinks that, you know, he's going to play against the Leafs. I'd be shocked. I think Dylan Sandberg goes in 100%. I would be surprised if he was to play again, but I mean, this is a case where. Uh, By the way, we're just saying for the the the, the near future. I'm not saying that Hanola is no. going to play the rest of the season for the Moose. I'm just saying based on the way he played tonight. It was and a again, bad game. For I him. like Hanola. I like mm-hmm. Hanola. I'm a fan of Hanola's game. I w- I wish the best for him, but tonight he clearly was was struggling, not just on that goal, but on three of the goals. You're right. Exactly right. It was a bad, bad game for him, and it's something that he's obviously going to use as a learning opportunity because he's going to try and bounce back. But it's a case of where his waiver-exempt status is really maybe setting him back in that he can't sort of get any consistency. Uh, You know, a couple games he's playing with the Jets, then he's playing with the Moose, then he's playing with the Jets, and it's sort of hard to grow into the role when you're not really playing in a consistent manner, and that's just a function of the fact that he is waiver exempt so the jets can use that uh, to their advantage and move him up and back as needed uh which is what you've seen as of late especially with the jets and going through the the flu situation that they were going through uh last week as he uh let's do it for dark moon because he's getting a little bit stressed i think about it so on three one two three you got to smile though Smile and wave. smiling and waving for Dark Moon. He we doesn't have to like queue it. up though, Drew. The headstones. Remember the headstones? A good grunge. Yeah, yeah. Smile and grunge wave. band from. You got to. We have to queue up smile and wave every time we do that. We the only problem though. is I think there's copyright issues. There is. You can't do that on I'll YouTube. I'll talk to but... you know that guy from the headstones who. Remember he was in like a Canadian cop series as well. No. I did not know that, but the if somebody singer, wants to, if someone if somebody can wants to make here, a make their own version of that like, song, we have Spency here. Spency's in the chat. Who can somebody could easily Google this? I could probably Google. I have a computer yeah. in front of me. You're but doing something. The lead singer of the Headstones was in a Canadian TV cop drama. Okay. I just don't know what it's called. Somebody and the Headstones that. were a great band. There was a song I can't remember. Um, 
there's like hash or weed in it or something. But anyways, not saying that I'm doing that right now or ever have, but uh, yeah, Headstones, great Canadian band. There you go. There's Ezzy's Ezzy's musical interlude uh, on this uh, Tuesday evening edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show. We're live on uh, YouTube. We're live on all of our social media platforms. 1-1 at this point in the second period. Montreal takes the lead. It's the game-winning goal. It comes at the 9-28 mark. It's uh, Mike Hoffman, his eighth of the season, assist to Kirby Doc and Justin Barron. Brendan Dillon steps up to deliver a hit on uh on uh on kirby doc doc takes the hit to make the play hoffman comes in hanala looks like he's playing it as if it's a two-on-one except for that it's a one-on-one he doesn't really impact the shot you don't really love mark shifley's back check on this play either if you look at the replay uh and, and mike hoffman you know He's not the player he once was. He's more of a journeyman now. But if there's one asset that he has, it's a fantastic shot. That's what he's always had, is one of just an absolutely fantastic shot. And he rips this one past Connor Hellebuck uh, to make it 2-1. And again, it's a, it's just a poor defensive play by the Winnipeg Jets. And it ends up behind Connor Hellebuck. And it's the as it happens, it's the game-winning goal at this point in time, has he? Yeah, nice goal, but nice shot by Hoffman. Just keep him away from uh, Eric Carlson. That's not too soon to say that. That was a long time ago. Obviously, that was a dark moment in the uh, Ottawa Senators, uh, um, you know, time with Hoffman and, and Carlson there. But yeah, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Hainola needed to take the shooter there, and he and he doesn't. As you mentioned, he thought you know he was defending the two on one in the proper way, but you know he just he just doesn't do the right. Uh, he doesn't make the right decision there. Yeah, and Hoffman just skates right, right in. He just skates, skates right in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's kind of bizarre. Like, you know, I, I can understand why he thought it might have been a two-on-one, but you have to have the awareness to know that it wasn't a two-on-one. And you're the last defenseman back. And, you know, you essentially, essentially what happened is Hoffman just walked in, you know, un, untouched and just risked the beautiful shot. And as you mentioned, Drew, that is Mike Hoffman's bread and butter. Like Mike Hoffman is not a defensive forward. Like Hoffman's a goal scorer, and obviously he's towards the end of his career. So you know his his you know I, I'm not sure what his career best was. I want to say he was close to forty. He definitely got thirty uh, a few yeah. times, but he's not he's not going to be hitting thirty goals this year. That's for sure. But what was that? His eighth goal. So good for him. Like yeah. you know these guys like Evgeny Dadanov and, and Mike Hoffman. Look at these guys are still NHL players, and they have pride. Like you talk mm-hmm. about. Hoffman's and, been healthy, scratched a few times this year, but it's. Uh, there you go. But I mean, but you know, he he still got that NHL shot. I mean, you know, the, the Habs don't need Mike Hoffman. Uh, you know, he's. he's You'd be just, surprised, Drew, if someone picked up Hoffman at the trade deadline. You wouldn't no, have to give up much to get him. You wouldn't have to get much, and you got a shooter. You get a goal scorer. You know, he's one dimensional, but if you need a goal scorer. You know, you know, somebody that could, you know, maybe step in and not necessarily play a big role on your team, but as a depth scorer, you could do a lot worse than Mike How- than Mike Hoffman or on the second power play unit. If you need a little juice on a second power play unit, he could do a lot worse. By the for, way, just uh, watching the sorry, watching the replay, good yeah. call on your part uh, about Kirby Doc because Kirby Doc, as we know, is a big boy. So is Brendan mm. Dillon. Yeah. But that's for a twenty-one-year-old going up against a, a much older veteran defenseman good for Kirby Doc like that was a beauty pass and we talked about it like the Habs elevated their game they I mean mm-hmm. you, you don't think that the Habs were you know preparing for this game knowing they were going up against a hot Jets team sure. like the, you know there's no surprises anymore everybody knows that the, where the Jets are in the standings currently tied for first in the central right so look at give them credit and you're right I mean after that game pardon me after that goal by Hoffman there just wasn't that pushback that you were expecting from from the Jets. Sure, they had a few chances, 
Um, but really, it wasn't until the third period when they really started to pile it on. So, mm-hmm. um, again, you know, Hainola gets burned again, second goal in a row in this game. And again, you know, he has to learn from this. And, yeah. you know, you make jokes, not you, you, you know, people make jokes about the iPads and everything like that. And obviously, you know, Hainola is not going to watch these goals on an iPad. But you better believe the coaching staff is going to be kind of going over this type of stuff. They're not going to yeah. be degrading about it, and they're not going to be demeaning about it. No. But, you know, Hainola is a young defenseman who's got to learn from these mistakes. The video review tomorrow will be ugly for a lot of players. It won't just be ugly for Vili Hainola. It will be ugly for him. But there's uh, no shortage of guys who really no-showed tonight in Montreal for whatever reason. So it's going to be an ugly video review uh, as the team prepares to face the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday. Uh, uh, you know, a much looked uh, a game that everyone circles on their calendars always a fun time when toronto comes to winnipeg and just the same when winnipeg goes to toronto usually a fun time 2-1 at this point in time the habs make it 3-1 at the 13:31 mark of the second period so if you're keeping track that is uh five that's three goals for the montreal canadians in five minutes and 45 seconds so it didn't take them long to really blow open the game it's dadanov again his fourth assist to christian dvorak and david savard and it's just sort of a weird play but also a bit of a soft play you know dylan Demello is trying to clear the puck and he's trying to ring it around the boards and it takes a weird bounce. But if you can see very, you know, the Jets players are already flying the zone. They're already thinking they're well, already healer. It's funny. You mentioned fly because healers, they call him fly right in the dressing room. Right. But mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I get why he flew the zone, but then he falls down. Right. <laughs> so he slips and then he's, he's out of the play. Right. right? So it's kind of like a double whammy. Yeah. Now you're in an odd man situation, but you're right. The Jets had control of the puck. And it's an unfortunate bounce. Like, I'm going to give, you know, Dylan DeMello a pass on that one. It was kind of weird. Like, I don't know yeah. if it was off the glass. It looked like it I was think off the board. It just hit the sideboards and almost like just, like, there was no, they hit the sideboard and just almost died. Like, there was no, you know, usually the pucks will slide pretty decent. They just sort of like, you know, like almost like a balloon deflating where it just sort of stops in midair and just collapses to the ground. Uh, really odd bounce, but the Jets have had a few odd bounces in Montreal over the years. You remember that uh, game that Connor held where the Jets got, uh, lit up maybe was it seven one or something in montreal a couple years ago uh i can't exactly remember what the final score was where it was a weird bounce off these glass and into the net or off this end boards and into the net whatever it was i remember uh, the jets getting swept that's for sure yeah that's that, that was in the playoffs this one wasn't in the playoffs that i'm referring to but yeah for sure uh that was the case uh anyways it, it, the puck takes a weird bounce uh connor hellbuck makes the first save Yep. And Billy Hainala is sort of caught in no man's land. He takes air, which is never a good thing to take. Usually you want to take at least another player. But uh, the Connor Howlbuck makes the great save off of the Christian Dvorak shot. But it just goes right to Evgeny Dadanov, and he's got yep. a wide open net. Nobody is accosting him. He has enough time to make a sandwich. He can do whatever he wants, uh, you know, at that point in time. And it's 3-1 for the Habs, uh, you know, at just uh, before the 14-minute uh, uh, mark. Obviously, Dadanov would be eating an illegal curve sandwich, not just any old sandwich. No, of he'd, course He'd not. be having that chicken schnitzel and salami. That's right. He'd order it in. And mustard yeah. on, on thick-cut yeah. city rye bread, right? It's a good sandwich. But uh, look, Vili Haino again here. Like, we talked about, you know, the bad bounce. Ehlers, you know, he falls down close to center ice. Yeah. But again, Hainola goes to take Dadanov. But then, as you mentioned, Christian Dvorak comes in, and then he switches, and he goes to Dvorak. Yeah. But then he leads Dadanov to the left of Hellebuck, right? So again, like you know, I, I, look, I, you know, I hate that you know we have to keep mentioning you know Hainola's mistakes on these first three Montreal goals. They were legitimate. But it's true, like he didn't play it well. You know, yeah. He didn't play the Mike Hoffman shot well. 
you know, he didn't play, you know, this shot well. You just can't do that. When you go to cover Dadanov and then, you know, Dvorak is the trailer and he comes in and then you're, you go to, to Dvorak, well, that leaves, you know, and, and it's not his fault completely. We talked about it. There were several, you know, mistakes on this one. But again, these were well, there's, all self-inflicted. There's, no support, the there's no support from the forwards or anything on exactly. this play. Yeah, because yeah, there's getting... nothing. There's nothing. He had yeah. time and space, as you mentioned. Yeah, and you know, it just wasn't wasn't a well played. You know, wasn't played properly in the jet zone. And again, you know, that was the the insurance goal that they needed. And I knew I knew that you know Jets fans were giving up on the Jets coming back in this game when I literally started to see you know Jets fans suggesting you know that the the Jets should go after. Justin Barron and the Jets should go after Joel Edmondson and the Jets should go after Josh Anderson and the Jets should go, you know, like it was, it kind of got ridiculous where it's like, okay, I don't think the Jets are going to acquire, you know, half of the Habs roster, but I mean, certainly I wouldn't be shocked if, if the, you know, the Joel Edmondson, I was going to mention this drew is a guy, I don't know, you know, if the Jets have interest, but you know, as a kind of a seventh defenseman, um, you know, we saw how good Edmondson was a couple years back. Uh, we mentioned the sweep. So Edmondson, you know, was obviously from uh, Western Manitoba. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, and you wouldn't have to give up a lot to get him. I mean, I'm on the Sean Monaghan bandwagon. He's injured right now. Yeah. So I, I would be in favor of, you know, if the Jets made a move like that. But just thought Joel Edmondson would kind of be a, a good kind of depth acquisition for the Jets if they're interested. If they're interested. Well, trade deadline coming up in about another uh, six or so weeks away. So we'll obviously keep an eye on all that and all the rumors, which are going to only get hotter and fly faster between now and that day. The Habs round out the scoring at the 419 mark of the third period. The Jets pushed to start the third they had a couple of opportunities but it didn't go their way and then josh anderson nobody picks him up he's the trailer on the play kirby dock with the wraparound attempt and it just pops right back out to josh anderson who's late into the play nobody touches him nobody accounts for him and he has another wide open net to, to shoot off and he makes it 4-1 for the Montreal Canadiens, and that's how tonight's contest ended. A disappointing result for the Winnipeg Jets, but a well-earned result for the Montreal Canadiens. They'll be happy with their effort. They'll be happy taking the two points and leaving the Winnipeg Jets scratching their brow and furrowing their brow. I like the color trying... of that shirt, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it's sort of a aquamarine. Yeah, I would. If yeah. it was aquamarine or turquoise. Yeah, it's a it's an aquamarine, it's a turquoise, you know, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, like it's a nice it's shirt. It's not a color you see very often. Well, you know, I I like to wear sort of bold colors every now and then. Yeah, I, you're I, you a know, bold my, guy. I'm yeah. a bold guy when it comes to clothing. My shoes, I'm a big Converse head, and so I my shoe, my Converse are usually quite uh, quite noticeable. And you have thirty pairs of Air Jordans. You get a new pair of Air Jordans every every year they, or two. They actually send them to me. I, I'm I'm actually I'm an I'm an influencer. I don't know if you knew that, but I'm a shoe influencer uh, under my pseudonym on on Instagram. But uh, you know, I don't tell. It's people like that Kim pseudonym. Kim Kardashian and mm -hmm. then you know Taylor Swift and then Drew Bendel right behind you know behind those two you should see what i went to the wear what i wear to the met gala it has all the tongues wagging it's not just what kim wears to the met gala it's what i wear to the met gala as well i think the met gala may have been a better place to be tonight rather than watching the winnipeg jets they lose 4-1 uh, to the montreal canadians this has been the betway game recap brought to you of course by betway it's simple fun and safe to bet with betway so head on over to betway and bet your way must be 19 years or older to play please play responsibly uh, i'm not a sneakerhead, matthew 
But I, Drew has good. He, I gotta give him credit. But he's got, I, I'm, he's I'm a, a conversation. Yeah, he's got good. He gets he gets nice shoes. Like he doesn't. You know, Richie used to have. You remember Richie was a guy who. You know, you look at his closet. He's literally got. I'm not joking. Like 50 yeah. pairs of shoes, some of which he didn't even take out of the box. So Drew isn't a sneaker guy. Who's got but, too much know, money he, right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Drew does have a nice shoe collection. You usually see, Converse. like as opposed to me, I have holes in my shoes. Yeah, and I've I've been wearing them for you're, four or five years. You're literally wearing his, sandwich yeah. bags. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sandwich bags. But to me, it's Converse. I don't know what uh, uh, triggered in me to uh, to become a bit of a Converse. Well, aficionado. Chuck Taylors are. I mean, you don't get more classic than that. Well, that's what I have. I have the high tops. Yeah. I have the low tops. I like to mix it up, which is sort of I. You know, nobody's ever is... going to see see you wearing Chuck Taylors and criticize them, right? Like I it's, hope not. It's one of those kind of universal shoes that everybody seems to like. If you like Chuck Taylors that are bold in color, then I am the man for you. Uh, I might not be the man for you when it comes to my hockey analysis or any of the other things that. Well, I was so going to say, people... I, hope, I hope you're just the man for Laura because, you know, she might be, <laughs> she might be listening, but you, I was going to ask you, did you ever have a pair of Doc Martens back in the day? Sure. Remember everybody. how popular those were when we were yeah. like, you know, in junior high school, everybody had to have Doc I think Martens. They can, I think they're back to being popular. At least maybe a couple of years ago, they were back to being in style. I always, yeah, I had a pair of, I didn't have the big, sort of like the big, tall Doc right. Martens. They were, yeah, you're right. There's Those there were, were the a little too intimidating. The, yeah, I didn't have any Doc Martens. My yeah. dad was was not having any of that because they were expensive. Yeah, no, I had, a, I had a pair of Doc Martens. Um, the tall, I, tall boots don't work well for me. I'm not the tallest person in stature, tall in personality, big in personality, not in actual uh, inches and feet. Uh, but uh, so instead of wearing the tall Doc Martens, that would look a little odd for me. I, I did, but I did definitely have a pair of, of, of Docs. Uh, I used to like, you know, you know, we might as we were down the rabbit hole here. So I was always a, a big fan of, you know, you know, when we we're in junior high school or high school, the Asics. I always or ask. I, I think it was A six. But I remember yeah. I always I always used. Do you remember where my dad used to take my sister Gillian and I was Bata at Polo Park. Do you remember Bata? I mean, shout I, out I, for I Bata know. if anybody's in the chat remembers <laughs> Bata or Randy River at the Polo Park Mall. But that's where my dad used to take us. You know, when we were younger See, for shoes, and I always used to like getting Asics. Look, this is J, Jay Miller's going to pass a test one day. Jay Miller, this is very wise of you. We were talking about my stature, and he referenced the fact from however many shows ago that was that my dad used to holler at me when I was on the ice playing yeah. house league hockey to play like I was six foot four, six foot four. So yeah. good on you, Jay Miller. You've passed the test here on the illegal curve. I also, I also know a Jay Miller went to Kelvin high school with me. So, you know, we have a Jay Miller who's not that Jay Miller. I don't think he sells cars. Uh, and then there's also an Eric Horlison who, as you know, was one of the yes. best nine ball pool players. No, he is the best nine ball pool player. I think he just won the national championship. Um, but there's another Eric Horlison who, who spells his name with a C. So it's kind of weird that there's two guys with the exact same names and they're not exactly common. I guess Jay Miller is a little bit more common, but anyways, good memory Jay there. Yes, there you go. Good job on all of you people in the chat tonight as we're here discussing the Winnipeg Jets' uh, defeat at the hands of the Montreal Canadiens by a 4-1 margin. We'll go to break. When we come back, we'll do the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. We'll do the Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment Contest, as he's going to pick that out for us. We'll talk about some of the post-game comments from the Jets' dressing room and the news of the night that's circulating regarding Ivan Provorov, a person who allegedly was on the trade block not sure that he's going to be uh I'm not sure that he's going to be so sought after after what happened earlier tonight in Philadelphia. Stay tuned. It's the Illegal Curve post game show. We're live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. 
Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit Tough Duck. 
Illegalcurve.com. Bottom of the hour. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post game show. Drew Mandel, Ezra Ginsburg with you on this Tuesday night. We'll be back at it on Thursday night when the Jets head to Toronto to face the Toronto Maple Leafs post game right around 8.45 or so, give or take a couple minutes. Similar start time to tonight's post game show. Some comments from the Winnipeg Jets dressing room. These are courtesy of Murata Tesh of the Athletic, who's on the road trip tonight. Uh, quote from Kyle Connor, we looked slow tonight. Both Kyle Connor and Josh Morrissey spoke about the Jets being slow and executing poorly, said it wasn't about the game plan. Well, that's good. I'm glad the game plan wasn't about ex- being slow and executing poorly, but it was about uh, the Jets had disjointed play and too much space for the opposition in the middle of the ice. So uh, I would agree with everything that Kyle Connor said. They did look slow tonight, and it's been a couple games in a row, I thought, since maybe the halfway point of Sunday's game against the Coyotes, that they've looked slow. So, And if they look slow against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday, that'll be a significant problem because the Maple Leafs, uh, well, they certainly don't look slow. They look like a bit of a firepower juggernaut, certainly in the regular season, as they have been for the last number of years. Uh, playoff time is a separate uh, uh kettle of gefilte altogether and time will tell on that front but the jets need to find their a game prior to heading to toronto on thursday night as yeah absolutely and you know even though the leafs are most likely you know going to have a tough first round matchup yeah we talked about it i mean look at tonight they're down three goals and they come back the the leafs are one of those teams i mean the jets can do that as well and i mean the leafs definitely you know have some you know some holes in the roster let's just put it that way that defense i think it's it's held up nicely mm-hmm. um but you know I, I have serious concerns for example if they play boston or if they play tampa bay in the first round which can happen because they're in such a good division right so we don't know you know who they're going to face but um the leafs are a much better team at least on paper than the montreal canadians are yeah so they're they're gonna have to be much better and they know that and you know they're gonna have to get this going you know the right way because even though, you know, we talked about this, like on the Saturday show, this was before the Coyotes game, obviously, but, you know, I mentioned, you know, with the nine games left, you only have a couple of games against teams that are currently in a playoff spot. And I absolutely think the Jets, you know, can win, obviously, you know, they're, they're 0-1, or yeah. pardon me, 1-1 if you can't the Coyotes game, but there's a lot of winnable games here, right? Like you, you get Ottawa, you get Philadelphia, as you mentioned, who isn't going to have Ivan Provorov, arguably their, their most talented defenseman, right? Well, and no, they'll still have him. Oh, I thought he was injured. Okay. No, he I, wasn't injured. He just uh I'll, I'll, we'll we'll touch on it briefly. Sure. We don't have to go in deep and we'll talk about it. I do think Provorov makes a lot of sense for the Jets. It, wow. Again, it goes back to what we were talking so, about, you know, on, on the Saturday show with Sean Shapiro. What's the price gonna be? Like, what are you well, gonna have to give up for Ivan Provorov? So let me let me talk about what Prov I don't know if you've seen it yet on Twitter today. I haven't, so no. Provorov did not take the pregame skate for the Mon- for the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. Uh, and, you know, sometimes players don't take the pregame skate due to injury or they're getting additional treatment or something. He declined to take the pregame skate because the Philadelphia Flyers were wearing pride jerseys. So that's why he chose to not take the pregame skate, uh, because it is not in line with. Uh, and this is his words. Well, that's ridiculous. Uh, this is, these are I his words. That's, that's cool at all. Well, no, I don't think so either and i don't want to get into it because there's certain it's just not worth getting into everybody you know you can do what you want to do or say what you want to say but uh quote uh this is the quote from ivan provorov i respect everybody and i respect everybody's choices my choice is to stay true to myself and my religion that's all i'm going to say that's all i'm going to comment on that 
so that's why Ivan Provorov didn't take the pregame skate because the Flyers were wearing pride jerseys. Well, if you accept people for who they are, though, you would wear the jersey. Well, <laughs> sorry, that's that's bullshit. I, I look, I'm not. I, I agree with you uh, fully. Uh, and you know the you know the Flyers chose to play him in the game, even though he chose not to play the uh, to take the pregame skate. So uh, you know, anyways, that'll be a topic of conversation for people to discuss over the next uh, 24 hours, certainly. But that's what's happening in Philadelphia. Pardon my language, and, by the way. I know this mm-hmm. is a family program. Yes, but the only reason why we're bringing that up, by and large, is because Provorov was a guy whose name had been bandied about, and there had been some. It's not going to help him, the... Drew. When when other teams see that type of stuff, I'm sorry, that's he's not helping his cause by doing stuff like that. And he wants to go, and he wants to get out of Philadelphia. That's why you say talk oh. about helping his cause because he's been pretty vocal about uh, not wanting to be uh, in Philadelphia much longer. So you'll it'll be interesting to see what uh, comes of this, in uh, if anything. Uh, a little bit more from Kyle Connor and Josh Morrissey. Quote, this is Kyle Connor. We weren't close together, supporting each other. A couple guys on different pages. It's never going to work out well. It's never going to work out well. Uh, Josh Morrissey on the Jets giving up too much ice. Quote, we've had nights like this here in the past where it seems like we're on our heels. The crowd is obviously fantastic, and you can't let that influence making it feel like they're all over you or that you need to start sitting back. So uh, Josh Morrissey sort of, saying that maybe the Jets were, I don't want to use the word intimidated, but maybe the uh, the stage in Montreal was a little bright for them tonight, and that affected how they were how they were playing in tonight's game, which is surprising. But, uh, again, it happens. Bad games happen. I don't think it's anything worth that's going. What, that's what this this is, guys. Like, yeah. you know, sorry, I'm not, I know it's just the two of us, but I meant people watching, like, guys and gals. Like, this was was, was a bad game. Like, the, the, the whole idea that, you know, we talked about it like they they went out late last night or, you know, they, they they were they couldn't handle the pressure. I mean, for the most part, you know, with the exception of a few young players like Hanela and, and Perfetti, who have already played, you know, in enough NHL arenas, I don't think they get intimidated by whether it's the Bell Center or, you know, if they're playing in Vegas or, mm-hmm. or Dallas or anything like that. So sometimes you have to just say that this was a terrible game and the Coyotes game as well. And I mentioned this, I didn't watch it, so I'm not going to pretend like, you know, I, I I watched the whole game and I really know what happened, but I know they weren't really good. They so weren't again, it goes back to the Jets are in a great position right now, tied with Dallas for first in the Central, but season's not over. They don't give you the Stanley Cup after 43 or 44 games. So you got a tough test against Toronto and then you've got a back-to-back against Ottawa and Philly. And yes, Ottawa and Philly, you know, they're not playoff teams, but neither is Montreal. And look what happened tonight. So, you know, you got to start putting some wins together again. Well, you got to start. I mean, you you hopefully from the Jets perspective is you use tonight's loss as motivation as and a reminder of how you have to play to be effective. Speaking of which, here's Rick Bonus. Quote, we weren't skating. Our legs weren't going. Our compete wasn't good. Our execution was way off. There's very few games that we're going to walk out of a rink and say we didn't deserve to win. But that's certainly one tonight. Furthermore. Quote, we didn't deserve to win that game. We were behind all night and made it very easy for them to play their game. When the compete isn't there and the legs aren't there and the execution isn't there, then you look bad. We looked bad. So exactly what the Jets were. And and again, we've talked about this so many times before. You know, the best teams in the NHL lose games to teams that they should beat. But -hmm. you mentioned, you know, I, I thought it was a good point that you made. You know, you go back to December, early December, mid-December, the Jets were not good against the Capitals. And the Capitals are, are, are I think they're going to maintain their their playoff spot. I think, especially now getting Tommy Wilson and, and Nicholas Backstrom back, 
mm-hmm. think, and Darcy Kemper, I, I'm not sure what his status is, but I mean, I, I think the, the Capitals will be a team, so give them credit. But, you know, there was a couple bad performances against the Capitals. We talked about the game on the, the 27th and the 28th against the Wild, the game yeah. last week against Detroit. Like, there are signs here, guys. And that's why you have to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Like, the Jets are going to be a playoff team. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, are are they going to maintain and, and, and stay, you know, first or second in the Central? Because you've got the Wild pushing. You've got the Avalanche pushing, right? Like, you've got Valerina Chushkin back. Nathan McKinnon's back. They're going to get Josh Manson back eventually and possibly, you know, make a big move if, you know, what we're reading, you know, it could be a, a Bo Horvat or somebody like that, right? So, I mean, the, the Jets, they're they're comfortably in a playoff spot, but depending on what happens on this road trip, I mean, you, you definitely want to win at least three of these four games here. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go back to Winnipeg having lost three or five games on the road because the Especially schedule will eventually... Opponents. Exactly, the schedule will eventually get harder. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Tough Duck, hardest hitting comment, Ezzy, for this Tuesday evening. Who is your recipient of the toque from our friends at Tough Duck? Yeah, we're going to give it to Drywall Man. I sent it to you there in the private chat. Drywall Man, we see him often. Hopefully, as Drew takes another swig of his, uh, I don't know what that is, if that's, uh, you it's know, a tempranilla. A Cabernet, so I have no idea. What the, sorry, tempranilla? Tempranillo is the, is the type of wine. Yeah. I, I, as you know, I'm not a wine guy. Not a big wine guy. I'm no. more of a, you know, an IPA, sour IPA guy. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it's delicious. It's quite um, tasty. Is that from Kentucky? No, it's from Winnipeg. It's from a wine store here in in, in Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah. All it's right. quite lovely. I enjoy yep. it. Uh, we're going to give it to Drywall Man. His comment. Congratulations, Rick Drywall talks. Man. Yeah, congratulations. I might need some drywall work, so I might be hitting you up. Uh, Rick Bonus talks about changing culture. I like this comment, this part of the comment. We'll start by getting these players of his to start playing teams like Montreal Hart. And, I mean, we saw, you know, a fight at the end of the game, but for the most part, I mean, this was, uh, you know, just overall a poor effort defensively, offensively. Like we talked about it, aside from Kyle Connor, I really like Cole Perfetti's game. I thought Neil Pionk had a really strong game. Um, obviously, you know, Morgan Barron had a strong game with his parents in the crowd. But aside from three, four, five players, I mean, there weren't a lot of players that, you know, this wasn't a very good game for Shifley. We talked about really Hainola struggled. So there's no doubt that, you know, the Jets have had a c- couple of bad performances in a row against some pretty bad teams. So Drywall Man, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, E-Z-R-A, or if you're American, E-Z-R-A at IllegalCurve.com. I always get that in when my kids are doing the alphabet. I say uh, at the end, they say Z, but Z in Canada. Well, my kids my kids love the ability because they have both American and Canadian citizenship. Absolutely. So they love the, 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 they love the fact that they can get away with either saying Z or Z. They enjoy that uh, that perk of, of the dual citizenship. That I don't have. know how many other countries, by the way, uh, use like what the breakdown is like i'm, I'm assuming in britain uh in it's, zed. The, it's zed but i don't know how many countries use z i'm not sure you know i'll have to you know take a language course or something like that but i always found it interesting that the are, US there any, are there any linguistic props yeah in, where are the in, linguists in yeah. yeah i love the english language so uh i would love uh, a, you are a... <laughs> i forget it that's <laughs> you know what i was gonna say also don't you <laughs> Don't worry, Drew. You're you're the real loquacious one. Love that. Well, word. you know, I I, I was going to say you're a cunning linguist, and I guess I just did. So I mean, we'll maybe leave it there on on, on that topic uh, for the time being. So drywall we'll... man, just send me your mailing address. Yeah. Uh, to Ezra at illegalcurve.com, where you can find me at ICSEG. I'm not sure if Drywall Man is here. If Drywall Man is not here, if somebody could let him know that he won. Um, Spencer and I are making the same jokes now, which is a real problem. Uh, it's something, something's got to get. I told you, it's not Spencer. Spencer is his his real name, but yeah. it's Spency. 
I know. Okay. Well, if we're all making the same jokes, then they clearly that uh, this ship has gone too far, and we need to uh, we need to maybe uh, change things around. I didn't but see the comment, but I'm. Gonna it's look okay. For it. Doesn't matter. It's not important. I'm assuming you're not putting that one up, Drew, because just based on how you reacted to that, I feel like it's it might the be... same comment. It's the same joke I made. It's the same comment oh, okay. I made. It's just making it back. So this is showing that we're all on the same wavelength. You know, you spend yeah. too much time with, the, with the same people, you begin to think like the same people, and this is what's uh, what's happening. Shout out to Stonewall Dave, by the way. Good folks in Stonewall. Yeah, there you go. For some reason, they're talking about the littlest hobo. I missed that conversation, but the chat is sometimes our boy. Uh, our boy Sean Co. Head pro at Toulon. He lives in Stonewall. There you go. It, uh, sometimes the chat is is off doing its own thing, which we always appreciate. Uh, the unique code word for the illegal curve contest for tonight. So again, to enter the illegal curve contest, you go to the drop down arrow on the show description uh, here on the YouTube page. You'll see the link to the contest page. You click the link. There's a whole list of things you need to do that you can earn entries into the illegal curve merchandise contest. One of them being, of course, entering the unique code word that you can only get here on the illegal curve YouTube channel or afterwards on the podcast uh, and you when you enter that unique code word you get bonus entries and opportunity to win great um, Jets merchandise opportunity to win tickets at the end of the month to an NHL game of your choosing the unique code word for the illegal curve contest even though he's not here tonight Dave M still picked it the unique code word is Grimsby Ontario all one word couldn't, Drew, couldn't Dave have just gone with Grimsby could have but Dave didn't and can't explain the Brain of Dave Day, uh, as he, that is That's a Johnny uh, Kovacevic's uh, hometown, birthplace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're wondering why it's Grimsby, Ontario, it has to do with Johnny Kovacevic, of course, playing for the Montreal Canadiens, formerly of the Manitoba Moose. And Johnny and Dave had a very special relationship. Obviously, great to see uh, him playing regular NHL games. By the way, I thought he looked good out there. Like it's unfortunate that you know, you know, he was claimed by the Canadians from a Jets fan's perspective. Yeah, but Kovacevic, I know, was a very well, like, yeah, no, like, good for him. Like, yeah. he most likely wouldn't have played as much, even though there were injuries, right? Like, we know, you know, Nate Schmidt, you know, Logan Stanley. So there would have been an opportunity, possibly, but look, not as significant as the one he's having. No, he's no, getting he's in. playing in the Habs top six, so good for him. He's a good That's guy. Right. So the unique code word for today is Grimsby, Ontario. Enter that, get extra bonus entries into the Illegal Curve merchandise contest, and do all the other tasks that are on that page. And if you can't find it in the YouTube channel in the, in the show description, just go to IllegalCurve.com. You can find it there. Click the link. Enter Grimsby, Ontario, and you can get bonus entries. And you can be like today's contest winner, Glenn Ryland. Congratulations to Glenn. You it's are a familiar the winner. Name. Yeah, familiar name. We see him in the chat, uh, I believe, on a relatively uh, frequent basis. I think he's also on our Twitter feed uh, fairly often as well. So a hearty muzzle tov, as we like to say. We also have to- a fan from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, by the way, Drew. Patrick S. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Oh, hello. Thank you, Patrick S. Hey, nice to nice to you to join us from uh, the Pennsylvania area. We do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets game and again on Saturday mornings with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. So be sure to set a reminder, subscribe to the YouTube channel and be sure to join us on a regular basis. We are a welcoming group of people and a welcoming family here on the Illegal Curve uh, YouTube channel and all the good folks in the chat. Glenn Ryland, the winner of the Illegal Curve merchandise contest. 
Glenn, Dave will be in touch with you, but you can also send him an email, Dave at IllegalCurve.com, or you can slide into his DMs at ICDave. We love all of you from Pennsylvania to California to North Kildonan to East Kildonan to Transcona to Sage Creek to Flin Flon and all points of town points of town in between. We all appreciate you all joining us here on the Illegal Curve post-game show and Saturday mornings on the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. We'll be back at it on Sat on Thursday evening following the Jets and the Maple Leafs. So be sure to set a reminder to join us on Thursday. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us some feedback for wherever you watch the show. We always love to hear from you about what you're liking and disliking. Big thanks to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve. Frosty, I hope you're ready, who make the post-game show the saturday show and the website a possibility that's our friends at rumors restaurant and comedy club linden market dental center zapia group realty betway tough duck boston pizza seagram's Rolly's transfer grid park and the keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey Jets lose 4-1 tonight in Montreal. Look for a better result on Thursday in Toronto. Until then, for Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.